Hi, this is Jeff, and this is my podcast, People Conversations. And today I'm talking again with Jeff Curzon and also Josh Douglas. And Josh and Jeff are both lawyers in New York. Uh, I am working with Josh on a couple of different things uh, related to uh, just the election. And also uh, Jeff is a Bernie candidate in New York running for Congress in New York District 7, which uh, – he his campaign is very interesting, and we have another interview. Uh, Jeff and I had an interview earlier this week, uh, which you can take a listen to. But today, um, Jeff and Josh are launching a lawsuit uh, against the Democratic Party, I believe, in New York. They'll correct. They'll correct the pieces that I'm missing here in a minute. And it is to uh, challenge the superdelegates as an individual. Um, so. Jeff and Josh, why don't you introduce yourselves, uh, give just a bit of background before we get into it, of yourselves, I mean, and then, uh, you know, tell us tell us what this is all about. So, Jeff, why don't you go first? Thanks, Jeff. My name is Jeff Curzon. I'm a Democrat running for United States House of Representatives, District 7. That's Lower Manhattan, Brooklyn, and Queens. There's uh, an incumbent who's been in office for 24 years who accepts contributions from PACs and lobbyists who I've challenged to stop doing that and help with the movement that's been created across the country and in our district to reform the way elections are financed, to make them more like the way we do in New York City with matching funds and cap on expenditures. She's shown no interest in that, and uh, this is my second campaign. I ran in 2014 on the same issue, and then when Bernie started running and talking about the corrupting influence of big money in politics, I decided to throw my hat again in the ring, and um, Josh Douglas, my attorney, and I got in touch, and uh, we both agreed that the superdelegate system is uh, unfair to the Democratic voters. I'm a Democratic Party voter. I've registered uh, scores of voters throughout uh, the last uh, 10 years or so, and uh, you know, I believe in the principle of one person, one vote, and I think the Democratic Party does as well. Um, and I'll let uh, Josh get into the, the technicalities of the legal arguments. But essentially, the uh, Democratic Party is violating its own charter. And, uh, you know, we think that uh, a judge in, in uh, the Southern District will agree with us and uh, rewrite or help help us rewrite the rules so that uh, the Democratic Party is truly uh, the party of the people. Uh, and I want to add, Jeff, uh, that as people can listen to on our interview from earlier in the week, that you played the fundraising game last time. You tried to play the game. You tried to keep up with the Joneses as far as raising as much money as you could, and you raised a good amount of money, but you know it just wasn't enough, and it didn't allow you to connect to your constituents because you spent so much time doing that. And this time, you're not even accepting fundraising. So just wanted to put that out there. Okay, so Josh, um, introduce yourself and then uh, you know, tell us what's going on with this lawsuit. All right, thanks for having me uh, on, Jeff. Uh, my name is Josh Douglas. I'm a Hofstra Law School graduate from 2002. Um, I've done work for one a pretty big uh, case for the New York City District Council of Carpenters in New York City, the men and women who built the city of New York, um, to uh, make sure that their uh, 
um, organization, their union would not be um, watered down and that their all the years that they had worked together to provide um, solidarity and the strength of their union would be kept intact. Um, and I was able to get the Southern District of New York, the federal court, the Southern District, um, to act and to protect the, the union. I um, feel very proud about that. Recently, I was I worked um, on behalf of a community upstate New York against one of the largest develop, land developers in the country. Um, we were successful in getting, um, through negotiations with the developer, important concessions for the town and also for um, my client. Um, but more importantly, what I've really been focused on is the way that the system works in this country, which, as I think we all know at this point, the system is badly broken. Um, I did a blog, actually, for Bernie Sanders in 2008, um, and, you know, he's just kind of my hero, and I think, you know, that we all need to work together to change the system and one of the major things that is a problem is this superdelegate issue. A lot of people have been hearing about this, um, but I don't know how much people really understand. Um, on what, what, is your, the way what, is your, what is your Bernie Sanders blog? First of all, I'm incredibly jealous that you knew him way back when. I only heard of him since I never heard of him before August. So what what is well, your blog? I I never knew Bernie personally. Uh, The one time that I did meet him, I was in his office with Occupy DC, and Bernie basically told us that we should go and bother some other senators and congressmen, and certainly he understood what we were talking about in Occupy, and we didn't need to to educate him. We should go and educate some other people. Um, I got a kick out of that. But uh, my blog back then it was uh, BlueDogProgressives.com. It does. It's not. It's not up and running anymore. It was basically uh-huh. just the concept that you know we have all these, we have all these um, you know blue dog Democrats who are basically dinos, Democrats in name only, um, that really support the corporate you know takeover of our system. Um, and that we should do we we should do things to to unseat them and to get real Democrats and that I think is an excellent segue into what we're trying to talk about today. Real Democrats, real Democrats believe that you know that the, the people are the ones who are supposed to control our government. It is known as the party of the people, the party of the people. So to have a you know a charter and a party that is, you know, is considered to be a, the party of the people and to at the same time have a delegation around the country, each state picks its own delegation, they go and they select who the nominee is going to be for president. To have that, over, that, that, that overall delegation be controlled by 15%, 15%, of the overall delegation of the entire country is comprised of these superdelegates who, as Jeff Curzon will tell you, are lobbyists, yep. are people who stand for the, the plutocracy. They really are the plutocrats. A significant number of these people are lobbyists. They're not politicians. They're not former politicians. They're just lobbyists. Exactly. 
so, you know, our point is, how can you have, so if you have a real anti-establishment candidate like Bernie Sanders trying to get the nomination from the party of the people, it should be dominated, that, that process should be dominated by the people. Unfortunately, because 15% of it is made up of super delegates who are the party establishment and the party elites, including lobbyists, etc. Bernie starts out probably 12, 13, 14 points behind the establishment candidate. That is not... It's pretty remarkable that he has made it to 45% with everything that's against him. That he has yeah. to, for, that he has gotten forty five percent of of the delegates and, and the votes, it, that's pretty remarkable given everything that's against him. I think that says a lot about that how and, much and, he uh, means to people. And Jeff, I would I would completely agree with you, but I, I, all I would just make one little twist. What's impressive is the people. The people of this country are impressive. They are standing up and they are saying enough is enough. They're saying, you know, we support this man. We know that he doesn't have the money, that he's got to, you know, get it from regular average people who are digging into their pockets and pulling out, you know, whatever they can to send this man to try to change a system that has just gone berserk. So, he's made 200 and I think $30 million from people like us, 27 bucks a pop. And he... Yes, it's the people, but he has educated the people. He has opened our eyes that we could have been making a difference our whole lives if we only knew. And now, finally, he's he's you know he is bringing us together and teaching us that this is possible. Right, and I just want to make you know one. So you know the point that I would really like to probably close with is the idea that the Democratic Party stands at a very important moment in history. Is it going to allow the people to control it, which should be, and if it does, have the masses of people say, wow, this is a, this is a great party, man. This is a party I want to belong to. This is a party that actually stands for what people want done and the in solving the problems that confront real people of climate change, inequality of wealth, plutocracy, are they going to let those people take control and and put an end to this super delicate nonsense and have the media, you know, focus on the fact that they finally did the right thing and that this is a party that can be <clears throat> led to doing the right thing, or are they going to continue with the same nonsense that they've been doing for the last thirty years? And you know, not really change and 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 show the rest of the country that you better start a third party, you better deregister, you better do something because we're never gonna listen to you. So okay, so you guys are suing the superdelegates. You two little pissant New York people are suing the Democratic Party. <laughs> Objection. So what? Objection. <laughs> so what? What? Yeah, I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> um, what? What makes this? A big deal. Why should people think that this is going to make any difference? What is what is special about this that you know that this could make a difference? 
I mean, I guess you're saying what is specific, what is different about this lawsuit itself? I mean, I think yeah, we just well, that why this why the superdelegates need to be challenged and why no, that no, no, no. Your lawsuit. Why should why is your lawsuit significant enough that people should listen to this? Why? Why? How can you justify that a lawsuit from two individuals that support Bernie Sanders, uh, you know, relatively inexperienced lawyers, that this should be something that is going to actually make a difference if this, this is as big as you're suggesting it is. Why is this a big deal? Why is this? Well, I, I, I appreciate you putting it that way. I mean, you, 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 that's, you know, that's I mean, a, you, 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 you're, you're pointing out some major flaws potentially in our, but they're all, they're all superficial flaws that we don't have the name that we don't have the reputation, that we don't have the record. This country hasn't always been changed by people who have formerly had some name and, you know, whatever. So if we can get down to the merits of the case, the situation basically is that other people throughout history have tried to challenge the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, and they've brought it to court and they've lost. The reason they've lost is because the courts have said you do not have – that the, 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 the parties themselves – let me rephrase this. The parties themselves have the right to freely associate under the United States Constitution. So, therefore, they're private parties that can create their own rules. So they can even violate the one-man, one-vote rule. They can violate proportional representation. They can violate whatever they want to violate. They basically can make their own rules. However, what they're doing here is the superdelegate section is created by saying, have, has language that says, notwithstanding the rest of this section. So they made an error in drafting that particular section. And the the superdelegate um, rule is in violation with the rest of the charter, with the preamble, also with the call to the convention, which is in the, the complaint, if you would like, you know, for people that want to read the complaint itself, it talks about there's a rule 13 in the call to the convention that says that the – the the nomination process and the delegation and the selection must be in keeping with what happened at the district level and the preference of the average voters at the district level. So this superdelegate thing is turns that on its head, does not follow the will of the voters, and is a violation of the charter, the preamble, and Rule 13 of the call to the convention. So you're, okay, so they're a private company; they can do what they like. Um, but what? Ta what? Uh, help me understand. If they're a private company, then why are they going through this charade at all? Why don't they just say this person's our nominee? Period. So I mean, this is like this is like uh, what do you call it? Pushing the envelope. They are pushing the envelope by having these superdelegates of having this charade of a vote. When yeah, you yeah, know, I, if they're I, a private I, company, I, they could just. I, 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 I would like to say something about that because the party of the people should want new members. So you would think that the party of the people would not have closed primaries 
you know, if anyone wants to register the day of the election, and some states like New Hampshire does this, where people who want to be Democrats go vote as Democrats. Uh, New York shuts it off so that people who are unaffiliated for the April 19th primary, they had to switch their affiliation back in October. Before and Bernie ever Party got into New York. Yeah, be, excuse me, let me finish. The Democratic Party should not be involved in any form of voter suppression. and They have to fight against it. But in fact, what they did was with these superdelegates, they, uh, which include around 60 or so lobbyists who represent big corporations, they, they, they all pledge their allegiance to Hillary. And you can follow the money change. They're representing corporate America rather than the American people. And the effect of that is de facto voter suppression. Hillary starts out with this big lead. The media starts reporting her big lead. And then a candidate like Bernie Sanders, who's a candidate of the people, and is representing the interests of the people, starts out with this disadvantage, people are less likely to vote. And what I've said before uh, is that if people believe that their votes matter, they do matter. If people believe their votes don't matter, then they don't matter. Because when people don't vote, they, they, they're essentially giving up the, the power. But the, the DNC needs to understand that the, they have to follow their own rules, number one, but they also need to understand that what they've done in this election is uh, essentially tried to anoint uh, Secretary Clinton, and that's fundamentally against principles of our democracy and the Democratic Party. And we think we, we have very sound legal arguments, both in, in constitutional law and the uh, implied contract that's created between the members of the party and the party itself. And what kind of, what kind of lawyers are both of you guys? Well, my practice generally involves helping uh, individuals, entrepreneurs, and, and small uh, uh, small companies. I'll let Josh speak to his background. Um, I, I like to you know look for causes against you know big uh, entities or companies or whatever that are not treating the environment or the people the way that they should be, and use the law to fight back. And I've had a lot of, a lot of success doing so. And Josh, I know that you have been explicitly studying uh, the uh, <clears throat> excuse me the DNC charter, so you you know uh, quite a lot uh, about what's going on in relation, in relation to this. I would say I probably at this point know more about the somebody what a, somebody that I know recently <laughs> hearing about the experience of the work that I was doing, and I kind of like you know uh, shoved it off, but I think it's true. I've I've I, I had point. <laughs> I've been studying it so closely. I would say that you know I am one of the people in this country who knows this this the, the, this charter better than you know I don't know maybe I'm in the top one percent of knowing how dastardly this charter is and how ridiculous the superdelegate issue is. Right, and you and I are working on some other work that we can't be too open about at the moment, but related to superdelegates and the DNC charter and and uh, yes, I. I it was my understanding that you you definitely know your stuff as far as the charter is concerned. Um, okay, so uh, so what? It, I'm not exactly sure where to go at this point. Do we do do have you? Do you think that we need to clearly lay out exactly what this suit is, or how what you think its strength is, or what's going to happen? Well, here? I, 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 what I what I think is important to, for people to to know is that you know we are we hope that other people read the complaint who are concerned about the superdelegate issue, 
that possibly, you know, they support us in, you know, different ways, you know, that this lawsuit can be copied in other states and other federal districts around the country. I think it is, it is a unique argument that I think has power and has relevancy and is rational and that the court should follow. Um, and, and I think that, um, you know, it's important for people to realize what we're looking to do is to get a preliminary injunction against the Democratic Party, the Democratic National Committee, and the New York State Democratic Committee, and force, you know, have the court say to them that they can't seat these superdelegates with the power that they possibly can have, as is commonly known now, that something must be done prior to the convention in order to either make them proportional to the rest of their state or unseat them entirely. But, you know, the idea that the superdelegates are going to carry Hillary Clinton over the finish line should not be permitted, and we can stop it. And we, I think, Jeff Curzon and I urge people to read the complaint and get in touch with us, and we can do something about the superdelegate issue. Okay, so what can people in New York do to help you, and what can people around the country do to help make this uh, a reality for you guys and also for other states? Well, they, they can read the complaint, like Josh was saying. The complaint's available on my website, a non-conformed copy. Once we get a conformed copy, we'll, we'll, we'll post that. I'm also going to put a link to it in my in the podcast description. There will also be a link to it. Go ahead. Okay, thank Great. you. It's at com slash blog. And uh, right now it's the first posting, why I sued the DNC. Yeah, so I mean, that would be a great place. That would be a great place for people to start. If people can go to Jeff's website, read the complaints, understand what it is that we're talking about, and if we can have people, you know, get in touch with us, then we can start conference calls and we can start a wave of, you know, action throughout the country to, you know, rein in these superdelegates. Okay, so you need you need people on board to join you in New York, and also hopefully for other people in other states to. Uh, take this as a model to use for themselves. Correct. And I just, I mean, my email, if anybody wants to send me an email, I don't know if I'm ready to give, uh, give out my phone number, but my email is J, my last name, D-O-U-G-L-A-S-S-E-S-Q at gmail.com. So if anybody's, you know, interested in supporting us, I guess maybe I'll get some trolls sending me nasty messages if they hear this, but whatever. Hopefully there's some like-minded people who believe in we should restore democracy and get rid of plutocracy. Um, please, you know, get in touch with me and we can we can work together. So, give me an idea of there's this is not obviously this is not the only effort regarding superdelegates going on. Um, how, describe this this lawsuit in a larger context of everything that's been going on as far as how people are uh, protesting and challenging the superdelegates. How does this fit in? Well, I've, I've seen reports that people are going to be protesting at the convention over this issue. Um, you know, I know that Bernie Sanders has pledged uh, to keep campaigning through the very last election, which I think will be Washington, D.C. Of course, Tuesday is a big day, uh, June 7th. And, uh, you know, there'll be uh, hopefully an injunction against the Democratic National Committee from coming from the Southern District. Uh, where you know we're seeking that with with uh, this lawsuit, 
but you know, people who are passionate about democracy need to speak out about this issue, uh, speak out about the voter suppression that the DNC has caused, uh, speak out uh, against its inherent uh, flaw and how the uh, charter contradicts itself when it says that the delegates should fairly reflect the will of the people and uh, how, in fact, the superdelegates are essentially watering down the votes of the people. Um, you know, we might have less of an argument if it weren't for the charter being so inconsistent with itself. Um, you know, and it was poorly drafted, uh, as Josh mentioned earlier. It said, uh, it says in um, uh, section four of the charter, uh, subsection H, notwithstanding any provision to the contrary in this section, a proper drafting would have said, notwithstanding any, any provision to the contrary in this charter. And then that section goes on to say who are the, the superdelegates. And, uh, you know, my experience as an attorney who uh, drafts and negotiates contracts is, um, is such that I understand when, when a rule is ambiguous, there's, there's a rule called um, contra pro forentum. And that's the Latin for me, that the rule should be construed against the party that drafted it. And so here, uh, this, the, uh, the DNC is the one who drafted this charter that's governing the relationship between ordinary members of the Democratic Party like myself and all the people that I've registered over the years and the party itself. So, um, you know, those rules uh, have to be followed, but not when they infringe my constitutional rights or more importantly, or maybe not more importantly, because I don't want to diminish my constitutional rights, but they cannot be inconsistent with themselves. So the court has to, to look at the intent of the, this document and uh, rewrite it or strike out the language. And, um, you know, we're going to be arguing uh, that hopefully before a judge soon. Great. Um, so what, what, I, what people don't understand, which now I understand, is <clears throat> when you challenge a superdelegate, and um, perhaps there's a different take on this or a different perspective as far as New York as opposed to overall, but when you challenge a superdelegate, they cannot vote until that resolution is resolved. And that resolution is resolved ultimately on the convention floor. The, the DNC, the Democratic National Convention in Philadelphia, and that resolution is uh, that challenge is resolved in front of millions and millions of people, tens of millions of people, uh, hundred, hopefully a hundred, at least a hundred thousand people on the streets, the people in the convention, and tens of millions of people watching on TV and on the internet, and that is an incredible, an incredible force that, when it comes down to it that people listen. People listen to that kind of force. They don't have that up until up until the convention. The media can use the superdelegates just to intimidate everybody for paper tigers and for even more realistically to intimidate them with pretending that um, the nomination has been clinched before it's actually been clinched to discourage voters in California, for example. But um, there is great power in uh, there is great power against these superdelegates that we have. So um, uh, if there's any last minute things you want to say, but, uh, well, I just, I, 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 w I completely agree with everything you just said, Jeff, 
And in addition to that, I would say that one of the reasons Mr. Curzon wanted us, you know, kind of kicked my tail a little bit to make sure that this thing was up and running as soon as possible is that Jeff wanted to send a message to the people in California and to the people in New Jersey and the rest of the primary states that this race is not over, that the superdelegates do not necessarily have the power to carry Hillary over the finish line. And we would like to send that message to the rest of our brothers and sisters throughout the country who still have to, who still have the opportunity to go out and vote that please go out and vote because this thing is not over. No matter what the media says, no matter what the Hillary Clinton people want to say, this is not over. So you have friends who might hear this, you know, blog, uh, this, this podcast or have their own blog, their own way of getting this message out to the people. I think this is a very important message that, you know, hopefully we can get more people to hear about what we're trying to do. I'm glad you said that because I did not get the timing until you just said just and now I understand the importance of the timing. Um, that's great. All right. Well, uh, <clears throat> don't get off the phone when I say goodbye to the audience. I want to talk to you when we're done. But uh, thank you both very much for doing this. And uh, I wish you the best of luck. And we're going to try and get this message out there as best as we can. And uh, last chance. Any final words? Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Sounds great to me. All right. Thanks, everybody. Stay on the line.